right, hello, football fans. Home week four is treating you well. Welcome to Football Fact Check here on The Athletic. This is our free episode, the first that we do each week here in football season. Later in the week on Wednesdays, we put out our subscribers-only show. Make sure you subscribe not just to hear my voice, but to hear all the new podcasts here, both focused on individual teams and more national in focus. Jeff Schwartz has one of those. And as it would happen, Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. The host of that show is surprise, surprise. His name is Jeff Schwartz. He also played pro football and he'll be joining us momentarily here to break down what we've seen so far in the NFL season, not just in week four, but uh, here at the quarter pole, try and make some sense of what we've seen here. As far as I'm concerned, the Patriots and Chiefs are head and shoulders above everybody else. Flawed, though, they individually are, and you saw that in Week 4. Um, I think the Rams, the NFC defending champs, are looking a little dicey. But then again, you got to tip your Kangol to Bruce Arians. He had something to do with that in the Coliseum. Um, in Week 4, um, I mean, man, wherever that guy goes, a bunch of frauds out there calling themselves QB whispers. Bruce Arians is the real deal from Andrew Luck to Ben Roethlisberger to Carson Palmer. Now Jameis Winston, and within uh, within the NFC, the Niners are now undefeated, and they are the team that everybody's looking up at with their feet up on their bye. They watched the Rams lose, and that put them up into first place, as Damashek told you. The Niners would win the NFC West, and uh, that reminds me that in just a couple minutes here, Zuri, you'll open up the time capsule. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what your predictions were. I sincerely don't remember what they all are, but we did. Uh, we, we we decided before we started this show that we would hold our feet to the fire. We wouldn't just throw out hot takes, and if they didn't come to pass, we would just ignore that they ever happened. Um, I'm not just going to pat myself on the bat back for the Niners pick so far looking pretty good. Um, we're going to open up the time capsule in early September, right before the season kicked off. I don't know the exact date. I put down, I committed to record to audio record, some predictions of where things would be. So we're going to crack that open. I'm looking forward to hearing that stick around for that. And uh, as we round out week four here, we're a couple hours away from kickoff at the time of this recording in Heinz field to complete the uh, the week four the, the week four slate and if Mason Rudolph wins then this officially becomes the year of the backup because the backups are winning more than the uh, the guys who started the season from uh, Minshew to Teddy Bridgewater to Kyle Allen it's uh, quite a remarkable little run that it's on but it's very early in the season and that's one of the things I intend to talk about with Jeff Schwartz but I do want to tell you that should the Steelers win that game against the Bengals. Our weekly pool winner, our confidence pool winner, will be one Michael Vanderschwag. We appreciate everybody playing along. If the Bengals win, somebody else becomes a player in this, right, Zuri? That's right. It's his to lose. He's got the Steelers tonight, so if they wrap it up, then he's going to win. All right, well, we like to give away prizes for playing along with us. It is a standalone um, contest every week, so if you haven't joined us so far, get into it in time for, for week five, and you can listen to our breakdown and our reasoning behind why we're making those picks on our subscribers-only show. Then, so, uh, like I say, get subscribed to The Athletic so you can listen in on that. And either way, play along in our confidence pool. Zuri, do you have that info for people to jump in on? Yeah, you can find it in our show notes wherever you found this show. You can also log on to theathletic.com slash Pool and Sheck Pool is S H E K P O O L. All right, good stuff, uh, Zuri, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if it's good stuff in that time capsule awaiting our ears. Mm. In the meantime, let's get to it. Our old pal, he's a Angelino. 
uh, native, but I think he's talking to us from Charlotte, North Carolina. Then he moved up to the Pacific Northwest to play for the Oregon Ducks. Then he played for a bunch of NFL teams, and now he's on the line. It's Jeff Schwartz. Here he is, one of the best fellas that you'll ever meet in the, the game of pro football. And in fact, outside the game of pro football, too, he's the host of Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. Oh, so snarky. It's Jeff Schwartz, a.k.a. Mitchell Schwartz's uh, older brother. What's happening there, Schwartz? <laughs> you, you, you need to tell that story to start the podcast because my brother was none too happy when you said, hey, oh, Jeff Schwartz is come on. brother. Why, why do you get so upset with me about that? I don't know why. I thought it was funny. But I just, know. But great. he lived. But I, but I, uh, so first of all, here's what happened at the Coliseum at uh, perhaps the greatest regular season uh, NFL game ever. The, well, I don't remember what the score was at this point. 54 51. The shootout. That, there, there were many indignities that night because when Gerald Everett ran it into the end zone, I was standing there taking a selfie of myself as I saw this yellow blur <laughs> running up directly behind me. And uh, and it was uh, Gerald Everett scoring the game winning touchdown. And I turned around with my camera shooting video and I and he was then he literally bumped into me. So I turned to give him a high five and he just left me hanging there. And that was embarrassing for me. It was on national TV. Um, but before the game, down on the field, everybody working out an hour before, and there were the Chiefs offensive linemen going through their drills. And I just, your brother, like you, likes to talk about food on social media. And he had been tweeting about his brisket recipe, I think, or tenderloin yes. or something. And I said, hey, Jeff Schwartz's brother, where, where where's that uh, recipe for the tenderloin? And your brother gave me such a stink eye. <laughs> it's like, it's so Mitchell Schwartz. It's amazing. Oh, then man. I said to him after the game, I said, what was up with the stink? I said, that's not a good time to be asking me for recipes. But since then, I've, I've tweeted at him. He doesn't even answer me. I feel like he's actually wow. angry at me. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't know that way he'd been to that, to that degree. I need to, I'll, I'll send him a text after this and be Will like, you? yo. Well, yeah. Well, I don't think you realize you'd have him on the food block. Will you tell him that? Uh, will you tell him Lishana Tova? Yeah, I will tell him Happy New Year. Yes. Send him some apples and honey from Dave yes. Damashek. Uh, yeah, yes. I'll, I'll make sure that it comes right from you. All right. Let's talk about uh, all of it. First of all, you having fun doing the podcast so far? Jeff Schwartz oh. is smarter than you. Make sure you check it out. One free episode, one open. You don't have to subscribe to the Athletic. I encourage, nay, demand that you do though, because of all the great uh, content, team specific content, and then, uh, like I say, a national view a little bit more with uh, with Jeff and company doing a great show so far. But anyway, you're uh, you're enjoying it thus far. Oh, it's a ton of fun. I've always wanted my own podcast and. The snarky title makes it even better because um, it just it goes a long way from my my Twitter interactions. Well, I if we have time, we we should talk about because I I do think you 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 wear your emotions sometimes on on that. Uh, I the do Twitter. not. I yeah, am you do. Not an angry person. I do get upset sometimes when people. I think the social media brings out the worst in a lot of people, and I just think that the problem with social media very quickly is that you know the the, the your best followers never tweet you. Like the people that understand what you're saying, never. It's only the people that have no clue how to comprehend past the characters on the screen that always tweets you. I just, I do get, I will say, I get frustrated with those people. Um, but otherwise, I'm a, a jolly person. Here, uh, first of all, when somebody says something dumb, you try to point out that it's something dumb. All you have to do is hold the racket out and let their own stupidity bounce back at them. That's the trick 
Don't get angry back at them or don't call them. Just all you do, hold the racket out. Just retweet their dumb remark and that exposes them and that's the end of the conversation. Then you don't have to feel like, because I see your interactions uh, often and people, and they'll say, oh, why are you mad? You're getting upset now? People want to get a rise out of you. For some reason, it's a victory in the 21st century. If someone of note, uh, a football player like you blocks you, it's something that these kids seem like they go around and brag to their friends about. Don't give them that pleasure. That's all. Um, I don't block any of those guys. I mute. Uh, I eventually mute all of them so they can just continue to tweet at me. And Savvy I see move. None of them. I see That's none of them. the smart move. Yeah. Okay, listen. Let's let's talk about some actual football here. And you have a right to be snarky to, to uh, all the phonies out there because you happen to support, as far as I can tell, here at the quarter poll, we have seen now one-fourth of all regular season football games yes. in the 2019 season. And correct me if you're seeing it differently than I am. But first of all, just in the AFC, but I could certainly say this for the 32 NFL teams, I only see two, and it's your Chiefs or it's your brother's yes. Chiefs, and it's the New England Patriots, and then it's everybody else. Am I am I reading that right, or am I being too simplistic? Is there a team out there right now that you look at and say, well, you can't really talk about the very best teams without including blank? No, that's it. It's the Patriots and it's the Chiefs, and both those teams – won games this weekend that were ugly, but that's what the great teams do. They win games that, you know, the, the Lions and Bills didn't win, right? And so it's okay to, to have a, a down week. But, yeah, look, the Patriots' defense, I know they haven't played any offensive juggernauts yet, but Bill Belichick is running that defense, and they're first in, like, every single category you'd ever want um, that it's important playing defense. That defense is elite. Now, offensively, um, I think we're seeing Brady a little older, and it makes sense now watching them play against Buffalo why they waited till the very last second to cut Antonio Brown because they need some sort of help in the receiving department. They, they need someone to stretch a field, someone to catch a big ball. Uh, but that that was kind of always their flaw. And the Chiefs on the other side, their flaw was always their defense, and it was exposed against the Lions. Um, and you know the way to stop Pat Mahomes is clear. The Lions did it. The Patriots did it. Right? You you try to double one of their players, whether it's Hill or in this in this case it was Kelsey, and you try to force Mahomes into just being a little more inaccurate. Right? You rush the passer, you twist up front, um, and you just try to make it so that it's very tough for him to uh, to make plays. So um, the the blueprint is out. But again, the blueprint's out, and both those teams won anyways. So they're clearly the favorites. Uh, they're really just fighting for who's going to host that game uh, in late January. If New England hosts it, I'd like them to win. If Kansas City hosts it, I'd probably lean the Chiefs. It, it, it's funny, and there's a lot uh, to react to off of that because uh, that's jumping to to the penultimate chapter of the uh, of the 2019 novel is who hosts the title game. But it seems almost certain like that's where it's headed. The, the, the teams that I would point to, actually, we'll go through some of those teams in just a second. Let's talk about the Patriots. First of all, and it's paradoxical, it's exactly right. I feel like despite the Chiefs and Patriots being the two clear-cut best teams, let's just keep it to the AFC for now. We got because I think, like I say, I think I don't, you know Aaron Rodgers gets a hot hand. If, if but let's say if either the Chiefs or Patriots played anybody ten times, four at home, four on the road, two neutral sites. Let's say I think the Chiefs and Patriots would win two thirds of those games, probably against let's say the Packers, maybe the Cowboys. I think that defense is for real in Dallas and I think over the course of time they might be able to do it. Maybe the Saints, but 
I mean, on the on the AFC side, until the Chargers get healthy, at least, I, I don't think there's a close number three to either one of those. But again, paradoxically, they're both flawed, the Patriots. And let's start with that team. Tom Brady, it feels like people like shame the devil that you would ever say this out loud to, uh, you know, for fear of invoking uh, the rage of uh, of Belichick and Brady and the football gods. But <laughs> for the for the umpteenth time, but for real, like everybody, I, I, I almost have to whisper this. But for the last 10 months and let's say the last dozen games he's played, Tom Brady's been pretty mortal. Am I missing that? Or am I missing something, some high-end, you-don't-get-it-Dave kind of uh, football playing from Tom Brady? No, you're right, I think. I think that he's showing his age. He's, what, like 45 years old? I mean, of course, at some point, he's going to show his age. And this is why they've done a decent job of building the offense now around the run game and around play-action pass, easier kind of completions. Uh, but they lost their fullback. James Devlin is a big loss for them. Um, and they have to figure out how to run the ball without having the fullback, which is a huge part of what they've always done. Um, and they don't have that middle of the field player right now that, that he relied on like a Gronkowski. They get Ben Watson back this week from, from suspension. Is he going to be that guy to that level? No, but, um, that'll be better for them. And I think they make a trade at some point. You know, I, I can see the, um, the Broncos maybe cutting, some you know cutting ties with some guys via trade maybe a Sanders goes there um you know maybe another team who's decides at the midway point that their season's cooked let's get a couple of draft picks I think they're going to make some moves on offense to, to solidify that and Dave they're also out their left tackle they're out their center their right tackles beat up um you know they, they also have some issues on the offensive line which they didn't have last year at all mm. yeah that's a great point too that the the, the voodoo that Belichick works. It's almost immaterial who he has out there, but this year he takes over the defense and that's really been the star. And that goes back same as Tom Brady sort of dropping off ever so subtly since, I don't know about Thanksgiving of 2018 to now, it's always been about, uh, to me, the reason they won that Super Bowl last year had at least as much to do with Sony Michelle as it did Tom Brady and the way the defense played. It's not smoke and mirrors. Belichick has that defense playing at an all world level, but with the chiefs, they're the opposite of that. They are, I, I you know, I give Andy Reid great credit. You, Jeff Schwartz, I give credit for they they left Mahomes on the bench for that year. I do still, though, say to you, you know, I, there's no you're never going to be proven wrong on this because there's no way to disprove what you've always said. But you said if they would have started Mahomes as a rookie, he would have not been very good. But how bad could he have been? I mean, how? For, I, I, just a fun I, little. What, what would have happened? Like, what would they have gone if if they had got? Because they were a good team with Alex Smith. They had a home yeah. playoff game. Um, how many games they win that year? Twelve. Uh, eleven. Whatever. They've it was. won. They've won eleven or twelve. I think every year but one since Andy's been there. Um, I I look. This offense is very complex, um, and I think what Pat has done better than anything else is he has known what to do before the ball is snapped. He's known all the answers when the ball is snapped, right? So, you know, there's a pressure. We saw it against the Ravens, right, when he threw off kind of off his back foot to Robinson in the corner. He knows all these things, and that's what makes him special. His arm is great. Like, we, we know that, but there's a lot of guys who have great arms, but it's the ability to know where the ball should go before the snap and then executing post-snap when things might change or knowing the answer to the test if someone blitzes. I don't think he was ready for that, in week one of his rookie season. And if you put him out there before that, 
maybe he never gets to this point now because he is kind of rattled from his first year and just not being totally immersed in the offense. That's my only point. And the Chiefs were able to do that because they were a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, think, I hear you. That's and, and, and like and, and and look and to me, it did no harm. They weren't their, their team was not good enough that year to win the Super Bowl. Anyway, it did no harm to let him sit for a year and get like I know for a fact that, that people in the building were surprised how well he played against Denver in Week 17. Like that was not expected. I know that for, like it was. I don't think anyone expected him to be this good. And so maybe if he did play in Week One, he would have been better than expected. But I don't know how you take that risk when Alex Smith is a good quarterback. I know he gets crapped on all the time, but he's proven that he knows how to play this game. And they took him to the playoffs. And he only played I think, two bad games that year with the Bills and maybe the Giants or Bills and Jets, something like that. Um, he, like said, he's, you know, he led the league in deep passing. Like, he was great that year. So there was no rush to bring him in. I still defend myself for thinking that. I don't think I, – I, I don't have the answer, like I say, So and we're never going to find out. It, it is interesting that I, I would love to get into the time machine and just test how that would have gone if, if Mahomes had gone from day one there. Because, obviously, in the 21st century, there are any number of examples of if you start the rookie guy who you have high hopes for – that your team's going to succeed. Good thing yeah. that uh, Bill O'Brien made that switch to Deshaun Watson, although then that gets derailed with the knee injury and everything else. We could go back and forth on that. But it, to the here and now, it's obvious. We knew it in February. We knew it in July, and we know it now. The Chiefs' defense is mediocre to bad. And do they need to? Our pal Gabe here has threw this out that maybe against the Ravens, against a physical team, maybe for the long term, it would have done them some favors. Maybe they learned that lesson against a physical Detroit team that they need to add to the defense. Maybe in the short term to get whipped the way the Rams did in the Coliseum by the Bucks would be the wake-up call. Like, okay, we just can't survive forever with a mediocre defense, and that leads them to go get Jalen Ramsey. Or maybe you mentioned Denver, with Bradley Chubb now done for the year and Von Miller up at the end of the year, do you think there's a chance Denver is willing to move Von Miller? And if they were, would uh, the Chiefs be in a position to go get him? I cannot see them trading him the division rival to help him win a Super Bowl. Completely hey, agree. Yeah, that's a good hey, point. Hey, here's a here's a thirty second pick in the first round for a Hall of Fame defensive end who just was the youngest <laughs> ever at two hundred sacks. Um, thank you, Denver. Thanks, John Holloway. Um, there's a zero chance. I, look, yeah, I said good this, point on that I, one. I, I said retracted. this before. I said this before, and Chiefs fans got super. I would trade Jalen Ramsey for Tyreek Hill. Like if if that's what it took, I would do it. Um, I think Ramsey is that important of a player for them. Um, I know he wants to be a man co- a man coverage guy, and the Chiefs don't run as much man or spags as, as they used to under Bob Sutton. Um, but I'd make that trade. I, I would do that. You you know, Frank Clark is kind of getting in the swing of things. He had another, I think he had another sack maybe yesterday, but only one or two this season. Um, just improve your secondary. You have enough offensive weapons. The offense, the offense's most valuable player outside of Pat Mahomes is Travis Kelsey. Like, if they lost him, that would be their offense. Losing Tyreek Hill. It's not the end of their offense. In the off day, they scored 34 points, 27 on, on offense, obviously. They're fine without Tyreek Hill. I'd trade him for Ramsey in a heartbeat. Boy, I love that idea, and it's something that I've been saying for the last month, literally, is that uh, that's the straight-up head-to-head difference-making kind of swap that uh, the Chiefs could make that would make them feel... Um, uh, but you know what, though? Mahomes, 
is now in, and I keep calling 2019 the year of the coaches. It's a coaches league. It matters more who's doing the coaching than the players. You see what Kellen Moore has done with that Dallas Dallas offense with essentially the exact same pieces. Andy Reid went and got Patrick Mahomes, but then put him in a great position to succeed. Put yeah. all that speed around him. There, you know, there uh, a million. Oh, Kyle Shanahan up in right, San Francisco. Right. You get where I'm going, but I feel like. The um the one exception to that is it is Patrick Mahomes. And it, it, to the extent that I don't mean you could just put Patrick Mahomes on the Tennessee Titans and he would be doing the same thing. But I feel like Patrick Mahomes, no matter how good the defense is around him, uh, whether Tyreek Hill is out on a given week, I feel like Patrick Mahomes has reached a different level now uh, it, that you put him on a par with 84 Marino and 2011 uh, Aaron Rodgers and the 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 best performances we've seen out of quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era. Yeah, like you know the 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 thirteen Manning year when he first got to Denver. Um, yes, uh, a, yes, and a little bit of no. I do think that we underestimate the impact Andy Reid has had on Pat Mahomes. Um, he throws to a ton of open guys. Now he can make a throw to a closed window. I get that, but he is the highest percent by far of targets to open wide receivers. And part of that is, is the scheme. Obviously, if he goes to, you know, Minnesota and they play on their closed minded, Mike Zimmer, he's not the same quarterback. He is not. Um, he has the benefit of playing with a good offensive line, good offensive line coach, good coaches, Eric Bieniemy, And uh, I think, I think the old Northwestern quarterback, right? Mike Kafka's in there as a, as a, as a quarterback coach. and Andy Reid's a genius as well. Pat Mahomes is uber talented, but I think he would not be the same quarterback without Andy Reid. Yeah, I guess that's a fair point. So that brings me I'm half right then. It remains kind of a coach's league. But yeah, I just feel like <laughs> Mahomes has, it's not enough to say, you know, for the last, I don't know, decade or 15 years, it's always, you know, 15 years ago, it's like, who's better, Brady or Peyton? And people on sports radio would have vicious arguments like, are you crazy? You think Brady's better than Peyton or vice versa? It's like, hey, guys. Neither one of you is crazy for either side of that argument. They're both good. They're both going to be Hall of Fame guys. And but and well, Drew Brees and Roethlisberger and Russell yes. and all those guys. But now it feels and Rogers. But it feels like Mahomes has achieved this category now where it's like, oh man, I you know, too soon to start talking about him as one of the great quarterbacks we've ever seen. I feel like no, it's not too soon. It's not too soon. He's he's gonna win the MVP this year. I mean, unless he gets hurt, who else won the MVP? Nobody. Lamar Jackson's not winning the MVP. Who was the favorite after playing? two teams that haven't won a game through a month. Um, uh, you look how I did that there. That was, that was you. That, well, you brought me twi- very some... neatly into the conversation I want to have with you. Now I you, I felt like it was very important, not since Chip Kelly arrived it, with the Eagles. Was there such a debate? And there were, there were hard and fast, like this will definitely work. Chip Kelly's going to revolutionize football or he's going to flame out. And people took positions on that on either side. And you were crazy if you were on the wrong side of that. I feel like, with this Ravens offense. I went on the record before the year and I said for 2019, this weird big eight Barry Switzer offense is going to work. It's just a knuckleball that's hard to prepare for. And, but it re- does require that the defense dominate. It re- I mean, it does require that that's what you have. It's all, you know, it's kind of the ultimate offense, really, if you have an, a, a dominant defense. But, what we saw against Cleveland was uh, was far from dominant, and you know even with Patrick Mahomes, if we put an asterisk next to it, it that wasn't a great defensive performance either. 
And so now they're at two and two, the same thing as the Oakland Raiders. So that brings me into all these. uh, Here's a great way to look at it. And I hope you don't have your computer in front of you to cheat on this. How many teams have a winning record in the AFC right now at at the quarter poll? I think it's just two. No, three, the Bills. The The only other team with a winning record in the entire conference right now is the Buffalo Bills. And I don't think you can even, well, let's start with that team. I want to go through everybody else. Okay. Patriots and Chiefs are the best teams. Who are these teams that you believe in? Can you rightly point to, oh, yeah, that team's definitely going to the playoffs out of the AFC. Let's start with that one, the Buffalo Bills. Are they going to the postseason? Um, I think their defense and their schedule set them up extremely well because they're going to get – they have the Redskins still to play. They have the Giants still to play. They have they, they have they have wins on their schedule to have. Um, and so I think the Bills are probably in because of their defense. Their offense, I don't, I'm not very impressed with Josh Allen still. Um but I think their defense can carry them enough. So you're saying that's one of so okay. So I that takes so. that takes one of the two wild cards. Let's get let's yeah. keep track of that. The Cleveland Browns. So the way this division is 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 about to to end up. Um, oh geez, I hate this pick so much. Um, I I picked the Browns before the season to be nine and seven and make and make a, a wild card. So I, you and I had it exactly the same. Oh, actually, I had them at ten and six, but uh, as a wild. Wait, is this card. your first year where you're going to miss the Steelers prediction? Your Steelers win loss prediction? No, the tie blew that. Thank you for acknowledging that. I have not still received my parade from society. <laughs> Zuri over there doesn't know about it. Gabe and nobody. I, do you know six straight years? People say, oh, Dave, you're biased. You're so you, you're everything Steelers. I, if I were so biased, would I be able to six years in a row correctly predict what their final record's going to be? That's what I did. And that included two eight and eight seasons. That was not me uh, uh, overflowing with optimism. That was being a realist, you see. Anyway, so no, it, it, the, the tie <laughs> so, last year blew yeah. it out of the water. And, and I'm definitely going to be wrong because I had the Steelers. At uh, at ten and six, so but I. I get I get the asterisk, yeah. and so do we all because of Roethlisberger. Yeah, you I agree. Win. So I think if you look at the division now, I think the Browns win the division because hmm. um and and talk about the uh, the Ravens. So look, this offense is good against bad teams. It's very it's a very clear pattern now, right? They've been good against going back to last year. The Bengals, the Raiders, the Falcons, the Bucks, right? The Browns that, that weren't very good last year. This year, the Dolphins, the Cardinals. When they played the Chiefs twice, the Chargers twice, and now the Browns have a good defense, this offense has not been very good. Lamar Jackson has not been efficient. He has not been a good quarterback. They've been behind way too early. And the offense cannot come back from behind. And look at the defense. And this is why I picked them under eight and a half wins. Their defense lost four starters. You can you cannot continually lose players and just refill them with younger guys. It does not work like that every year in the NFL. And their defense has not played very well. They gave up uh you know 33 Kansas City, 40 yesterday. They, you know the Cardinals stuck in that game. Uh and they put up numbers as well. So mm-hmm. I'm not so I think the Browns are probably doing the division now. Yes. Wow, so the Browns, so okay, so that's your, let's say, three seed, maybe four seed. The thing yeah. that's a bummer to me is I don't like parity. Parity stinks. I know it engages the yeah. biggest percentage of uh, of fans, and that's why all leagues, not 
just uh, just yeah. pro football, but that's why in baseball you have wild card, and that's why in hockey and NBA you have eight uh, seeds yeah. in both cards. It's but th- it's not the greatest. It doesn't set up the best test. It's not a meritocracy. It doesn't set you up for evaluating who the best teams are. So I so I resent it. But this year is going to be a stinker if the wild card round and it's shaping up like this. Excuse me, is how it could be unless the Browns do sort of take off from here. You could have two eight and eight division champs. That's the way the South is tracking right yeah, now. The South is a, is an absolute racket in tune. So so I don't think Baltimore makes the playoffs. All right, in in the South, all all four teams are tied at two and two. Um, I don't trust the coaching staff in 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 Houston at all. Zero percent. Um, the Colts, I like them still with with Brissett. But they're not. They're probably not winning more than eight games. I think you're right on that. Tennessee. How do you trust Tennessee at all? At all? You don't trust them at all. They are the weirdest team of the 21st century, and there's precious little evidence that they and, that they actually <laughs> exist and aren't just some sort of test yeah. to see how much you're actually paying attention to the NFL. And what's funny is I've actually bet them. I bet for them week one against them against the Colts. I bet for them this weekend. So they've actually been nicely profitable for me, which is awesome. Um, but, you know, to me, I don't, just don't trust Mario. I don't trust this. I, I kind of think Jacksonville might be that team to win the division. If they wow, can hold out, if it. they can hold out till Nick Foles is back and they've done that so far, um, they have a chance because their defense, when your offense just gives you enough like, they, like they're doing right now, your defense will continue to play well. As soon as the offense goes to shit, which it did against Blake Bortles last year, the defense starts to give up. But you look at, at the way their schedule is set up now, and um, I think this weekend I was there. There's somewhere that I I think they're where are they at this weekend. Yeah, they're in Carolina this weekend, and Carolina's resurging. I get that, um, but they get the Bengals still. They get the Jets still. They get the Titans again. They get the Bucks. They get the Raiders. They get the Falcons. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to win here. I think this is maybe an eight and eight division winner, um, but I. I Maybe get suck, I'm getting sucked into some, some Minshew mania, but I'm going with Jacksonville. It's interesting because of the ironic point you make, which is the reason that they've won two in a row now. It's the same thing as the team they're playing. And coincidentally, not ironically, for anybody who needs a clarification on the difference between irony and coincidence, <laughs> um, the team that they're playing is the team that they came into the NFL with back in 1994. And that Panthers team all of a sudden, 0-2 with Superman, 2-0 yeah. with his back. Backup. The, the 2019 season yeah. is all for backups. <laughs> well, let, okay. Let, but Minshew's eventually going to have to take the pine for the all-time yeah. greatest backup, Nick Foles. Let it deep breath. Whew, okay. Um, Kyle did not play very well yesterday. The, uh, the, the defense carried them. You know, Daniel Jones was okay yesterday. It wasn't as good as he was in, in his first game. Minshew actually played really well in the second half, but the first half was, was a terrible disaster. So, um, you know, the, the backups are settling kind of back into their roles. And that's why I think this weekend with with the Panthers coming, I live in Charlotte, coming to town, uh, Jacksonville, I should say, coming to town, uh, they might get their third win in a row. And, and then it's on in the South. Well, that I, I, I think the Jags pick is interesting. I don't know. I, it just It's a bad look, and I don't know how much to read into this, and I always defer to guys that were actually on NFL sidelines. But it's weird that Leonard Fournette, as they win the game, is getting into it with one of the offensive linemen. Yeah, and they, and they Doug seem Marone to... seems like a, he doesn't help. He seems like he only <laughs> makes things worse. He doesn't settle guys down. He contributes to the troubles in the locker room. And we also, I mean, how long can you survive 
with, I mean, what Levy and Bell sort of kicked off last year has now turned into a tidal wave from Jalen Ramsey and beyond with these guys, you know, Melvin Gordon, we saw doing Zeke up until the 11th hour. It seems like I don't want to do this until the situation is just so for me. So it's hard for me to put my faith in a team that who's key. One of their key pieces is doesn't want to be on the team anymore. We don't know how they're going to settle after the Ramsey stuff is done. Maybe he'll decide, you know what? I do want to be a part of this now that we're winning. Well, they don't trade him. He has no, he has no choice. And then see the other big X factor that could uh, play in is, is if I'm right, that Von Miller could move. And now you're talking about Emmanuel Sanders, who on the right team could be a difference maker too. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so, okay, now to – so you, you've given one spot to the Browns. You're going to take the Jags. That means that no one else is going to get it. So there's one more wild card to be had in the yeah, AFC. The and it's the Chargers. That to yeah. me – and they're, the, they're in the AFC. They're three really good teams. And once again, the football gods have uh, – I mean, I don't know. Maybe there is a backstory there. But for whatever reason, the football gods just have it in for the charge. I don't know why. I don't know what they ever did wrong, but they did <laughs> but, something. Maybe it was because because Air Coriel decided uh, forty years ago. You know what? To run the football. I'm not. I'm not, football, I'm not yeah. doing your. I'm not doing your running nonsense <laughs> yeah, anymore. Pass the football. Yeah, that's incidental to what I want to do. And now yeah, they're they're angry still. I still think they'll win though. The Chargers will get there if, you know, but now Ingram's banged up and then it sounds like Okung is, ne- is never going to be playing no, this season. Coming back, yeah. um, but I do think that, that that over the long haul, people always talk, just like life itself, people overreact week to week like what you just saw is everything. It's the football season, like life, is long as it turns out. And I think you'll see the Chargers rise up eventually. Um, I don't know how many other things are going to change, though. And the and the NFC side, I'm not putting too much into the Cowboys losing in New Orleans, even though it was to Teddy B. To me, that's the best team in the conference. Who else jumps out at you as a team that could that'll sustain it sufficiently so that they they have a bye in January and they have yeah. two games and they can get to the Super Bowl and actually challenge either the Patriots or Chiefs? This division is a freaking I – mean, this conference is a wreck, isn't it? I think I'm with you on the Cowboys. Um, I think you look at the Saints. I mean, they're 3-1 they're and one right now. They're able to continue to just, just do enough with Bridgewater. He's not playing terribly well, but they get the Buccaneers now. Then they kind of have a run where they need Bridgewater, where they need him to play well, at Jacksonville, at Chicago. And then they play the Cardinals, Bucks, and uh, Cardinals, Falcons, Bucks. I mean, they're kind of right back in this thing. Um, and if they can just withstand until Breeze gets back, I think they could – have a chance, especially with that defense playing well, um, to 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 get that buy. And looking out west, I think if you look out west, um, you know the Niners are three 0 but they've they played nobody, right? They haven't played the Rams yet or the Seahawks. How dare um, you talk like I'm, that? My team was out there. That's a that's a team that has won six Lombardies, and they, and now they get lumped in with all these bum organizations. They're zero three and have a backup quarterback. I know it's um, embarrassing. So Can you imagine think, my and, shame? Now it's not black and gold. It's black gold and uh, and red in the face. <laughs> Sorry for your championships. I feel bad for you. Um, I think that, you know. So I think I think we're looking at. I, look, I've liked the Seahawks all season. They just have. They're like I don't know what the heck. They just play weird games. Like just Russell Wilson throw the football one hundred times a game and just win every game. Like they could do it if they wanted to. So I think you look at the NFC. You're looking at the Cowboys. The Eagles are in. I think you're getting the Saints in. I think you're getting. I think I think the North beats each other up, and you just get one team in instead of getting two. Instead of getting a wild card team, I predicted before the season. I think the Bears. 
are going to make the playoffs. And look, Chase Daniel yesterday just did enough to win. But if, if Mitch is out for a same period of time, they have no chance to to make the playoffs. You all really see I the the prevailing takeaway, and maybe that's again overly cynical or whatever, is that they're better off with the no, backup I never, no, I because they I never, have a dominant no. defense and they have yeah, all those nice pieces no. offensively. Look, I, I play with Chase. He's fantastic. He's a great dude. He's a great backup. He's a true professional. But backups are typically backups for a reason, right? And when you play a backup over a long stretch of time, typically the backup this shows out of them. And if they have to play him for eight games, it's they're going to struggle. And the defense cannot contain it every single week. They just can't. They can't play that level every week. So I think that that you maybe get like, I think the Cowboys, Eagles, Packers. Let's say Saints. Seahawks, Niners. I don't know what the Rams oh, make it you now. left like, them out. I was wondering if you were going to say the defending I, I, NFC I, champs. The Ra- I, I'm with you. I, I said I that before. A lot, oh, everybody of- called me so crazy two weeks ago even. Oh, but they're 3-0. and Are you embarrassed? You're going to back off that? Issues. No, that team is a, in trouble. They have um, – and this is the thing about, about Sean McVay that a lot of us have been like waiting for uh, that kind of study this stuff is – is like when you look at offensive geniuses, and I think Sean McVay is included in that category. You look at like Andy Reid and Sean Payne. I put Kyle Shanahan in that category as well. Um, they're very multiple in what they do, right? Like they have different formations and they run different runs and they and they have unique plays. Right. The Rams don't do a lot of that. Nope. This is exactly and, right. This is exactly what the, I've been saying for and, one year now. And the the Rams stay. In, in sort of the same personnel groupings. Um, they run the same runs. They run a ton of play action. It's all about and, it. Was, by, by Thanksgiving, it was so clear. Yeah. Well, the Lions that, game was the first game where they, the Lions were the first team to run cover four. And in cover four, the safeties can play the run. And they just came down an outside zone and, and smashed everything it back It is to the so right. And the idea, you know better than I do, but one thing I've learned in the last decade or 15 years is that like any other industry, pro football it has a lot of relationships and it's a small world and coaches talk to coaches. You think that Matt Patricia couldn't call up Bill Belichick or vice versa and be like, why, what was so effective if Belichick and Flores couldn't deduce it on their own? They see what Patricia did and had success with. Of course, they would mimic that and that play action stuff could only take them so far, especially when it became clear in, in December and January, hey, something's wrong with the superstar running back. We don't have to sit on the run. We can run that safety out of the box as soon as the ball is snapped. And Jared Goff ain't good enough. And that's been the story so far this year. And even though they're three and one. And I said this before the season, I I just really wanted to see uh, how Sean McVay would make his offense different. And I'm not sure he has. And that's like the thing that's worrisome is like, where's, and and maybe they can't do it. Maybe Goff and, and, and I like Goff a lot. Um, you know, but he might be gearing toward that "quote unquote" system quarterback, right? Like if you keep him in the play action pass and the movement game, he's great. But as soon as you drop back, which what you saw in the Super Bowl against the Bears last year, the Lions last year, even though they won the Lions game, it was much closer than the score indicated. Um, you saw in the Eagles game as well, like a crack in the armor, right? When you force Golf to be a sit in the pocket quarterback, that's not his game. And even though they beat Cleveland and they beat New Orleans and they beat Carolina, they didn't win those games very pretty. Um, and you're looking now, go to Seattle on Thursday night. They're probably going to lose that game. Now they're three and two. Um, now their schedule is not terrible down the stretch. Um, but I, I don't, I gotta see something new on offense. I gotta see something new. 
I, I I'm with you, man. So yeah, it's a it's a in many ways a brave new world. Some new teams rising up, but uh, what we I think what a lot of people kind of figured is the way it's breaking now. Patriots not going anywhere. Although I'm not saying that Brady is 2015 Peyton Manning, but it is starting to take on that dynamic. It has for the last 10 months now. It's about defense and running the ball, and you have this big brand name at QB who isn't incapable. He's not some backup, as you say. He's a guy who's made a bunch of big plays, but he doesn't have to do very much to win. Ah, listen, Brady's done a lot for the Patriots. Uh, they can uh, make it up to him now in the in the twilight of his career. Jeff Schwartz, you're, uh, you're, uh, you're a champ and uh, a mensch, and I wish you Lashana Tova as well. Thank you. Happy New Year, and I'm glad to be on the podcast. It was fantastic. Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. Check it out. I insist upon it. And subscribe to The Athletic so that you can hear both of his podcasts every week, as you can tell from this dynamite stuff. And then find him on social media so that you can watch him. Uh, it makes me feel better, at least on this. As a vain person, I don't like being challenged. But then when I see people who actually played pro football being challenged by schnooks out there. I feel like, well, then who am I to bog at that? Like, well, you're pushing back at me. I was an NFL football player with that That's head crazy. coach. I think I know better than you do about this subject. I know. It's wild, dude. I love it's it. Wild. All right. Uh, go, Jeff Schwartz. Eat the apples and honey, and uh, we'll look forward to Kibitzen with you soon. All right. Take care, Dave. There he goes. The great Jeff Schwartz, everybody. Oh, man, that Jeff Schwartz. He's uh, the bee's knees, eh, Zuri? Yeah, one of my favorites. He's coming to L.A. soon, so hopefully we get to see him. You like him better than you like me? Uh, I'm not going to say that on air, but, um, yeah, you guys are both great. So, but you do have a favorite. You know what? I'll, I'll keep that close to the vest. If it were me, you would say it. So I, I, I can I, I can do deductive reasoning. I'll tell you what. Pipe it down, Zuri. It's <laughs> over with. You've said too much already. Before uh, before we open up our time capsule, I made some proclamations a month ago before the, th the season kicked off, and uh, we're going to open up that time capsule and see how accurate I was. Um, in the meantime, let me ask you this, Zuri, and anyone within the sound of my voice, are you a film buff? I don't mean like Scorsese or Tarantino. I mean an NFL film buff. If so, you got to check out Run the Film on the Athletic Podcast Network. It's hosted by Ted Wynn and Kirk Morrison, and they engage in focused post-game analysis of every major game every week and uh, what to preview the following week's matchups and players to watch. So if you like to study the league, check out Run the Film every Tuesday on the Athletic Podcast Network. And now it's, again, run the film, and uh, Ted Wynn is a good uh, Twitter follow. I can tell you that from personal experience as well, as well as his fine pages he makes on The Athletic. Zuri, to the matter at hand, we have to open up the time capsule. That's right. Uh, you want to tell the folks exactly what we did with this time capsule a few weeks ago? Well, I made some proclamations that I was confident would come to pass. And, you know, unlike most shows, we don't just throw things willy-nilly, hot takes out there to see if they come true and then pat ourselves on the back if these gigantic Dave Kingman-like swings uh, don't come to fruition. But uh, well, let's, uh, let's uh, hold our feet to the fire here by opening up that time capsule, shall we? Today is September 4th, 2019. This is my forecast for the next month or beyond in pro football. Matt Ryan is an MVP candidate, but Atlanta is only 2-2. Two two. 
Lamar Jackson is thriving in a retro college-style offense, and so are the Ravens. Nick Foles can work no magic in Jacksonville. The Jags will not be much better than Bortles Jags were a year ago. Jimmy G's Niners are on their way to an NFC West title. The Rams, with an ailing Todd Gurley, are in trouble. And so are the New Orleans Saints. Last year was last year, even though 2019 is technically this year. In football, it was last year. I'll explain that to you at another time. It's very confusing. Not that confusing, but let's move along. In a defense-dominant AFC South, nay, AFC Conference, the Texans stand out as an offensive juggernaut. Move over, Patrick Mahomes. Dak Prescott thrives with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. The Cowboys are on a roll that won't end until the Super Bowl, where they'll meet the Chargers, who finally are smiled on by the football gods injury-free. Ha. Huh. Okay. There was some good stuff in that uh, little time capsule. There were plenty of good things. You had Jimmy G on the money. I know what I got right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Nick Foles is technically right. Uh, there's no magic if he's not playing. Well, that's true, and we don't know yet. The Chargers are banged up. They're 2-2. Two and two. They could still get to the Super Bowl. I didn't sing songs about them. I just said they're going to the Super Bowl. Fair enough. And then the Cowboys, they're 3-1. and one. They're on track to do something good. The Saints are... Still, you know, we don't know. We don't we know. Don't, we still don't know where they're going to wind up. Houston being an offensive juggernaut, yeah. not so much. Not so much. Niners, I was right about. Baltimore thriving. I mean. Matt Ryan beat an MVP candidate. That's the worst. That's right. the worst one. I left the worst for last. Yeah, you did. It's okay, though. Your ratio is pretty strong. I keep saying it, though. Hmm. The Falcons, the back half of their schedule is a ton of divisional games, so don't close the time capsule or the coffin on them just yet. We won't close the coffin. In fact, we might have another time capsule in four weeks, so stay tuned if you're listening. Ooh, I look forward to that. We'll track his consistency here. All right, I don't like you doing that because that was a public <laughs> shaming you just did. But you know what? I asked for it. I said, let's hold our feet to the fire here on this show, and, uh, and so we shall. Um, all right, good stuff, Zuri. Good stuff, Jeff Schwartz. Uh, let's get out of here right now, but we'll be back with our subscribers-only show for you. You do want to subscribe so that you can hear all our picks for week five and the reasoning behind it, our confidence pool. Make sure you join that. Play along with us. We'll have a prize for you then. We'll be back in 48 hours. In the meantime, you got something to say there, Zuri? I'm just smiling. Oh, you were just smiling. Okay, good. I hope, I mean, you know, Jeff is a decent guy, but you got to like me a little bit better than that guy. I'll tell you what, because you got the Matt Ryan pick so demonstrably wrong. I need a pick-me-up, yeah. All right, we did it. All right, we'll talk to you in a couple days, everybody. Till then, football fact check. It's been a thin slice of heaven.